0: Welcome in to this podcast version of The Left Turn, Jacob Blair, Trevor Mader with you here for X106 Sports. Trevor, not able to able to be on the live show on Monday, so thought we'd get his it, it, it takes from the weekend, takes on some other things as well, and we're going to start this podcast off with the news of Matt DiBenedetto getting a ride for the 2020 season and really A surprising piece of news. It wasn't where I thought he was going to land. I don't think anyone really had it on their radar. No one knew Paul Menard was going to retire. I think we all could have guessed this is how Paul Menard would have retired, just not at the the current time frame in which he did.
1: Yeah, boy, that was completely out of right field, wasn't it? Well, you, you texted me
0: that this was happening, and I didn't believe you. I was like, are you just telling me what you think is going to happen? Like, where is this coming from? And then I'm like, I I go to – I sent that text back, and then I go look at Twitter. I'm
1: like, nope, this is real. It took me a minute. um, I was scrolling through Twitter when I came across it, and it was – what I first came across was the official release from Wood Brothers Racing. And it said, Paul Menard to retire, Matty D to replace him. And I had to kind of double-check and make sure that that wasn't... You know, because there's so many stupid parody accounts and stuff now on Twitter that it's ridiculous. So I refreshed, and I think Bob Pachris had just tweeted it, too. Or so Jeff Gluck, some well-known journalist in the motorsports industry. So I said, okay, that's got to be true. It's awesome. It's freaking... I think it's a way better ride than maybe any of us thought he was going to end up in. I mean, realistically... I thought probably front row
0: i thought that or he'd end up back at at go fast
1: yeah i thought one of those two was the likely scenario um that wood brothers car is a good car paul menards had a one of his statistically better seasons in that car we could argue whether or not that's a great thing when you look at the statistical career of paul menard but that's a car that's capable of competing and winning races we saw that when ryan blaney was in the car and um, it sounds like Paul Menard had a lot to do with getting Matt Benedetto in that 21 machine.
0: And, of course, Paul really hasn't said a whole lot. Typical, typical Paul but Menard. But based on the news, it sounds like he, he went to the Wood Brothers and said, I'm retiring, I want to go be with my family more. They said, okay, who do you want in the car? And he said, Matt Benedetto," And that was the only driver Wood Brothers went after. They got that deal done. And to me, that's really good for this sport. Because this is a driver that has no funding directly behind him, he has done this off of the merit of his driving abilities, and it's a good start to see it get back to that where a driver takes a chance on himself, and it ends up in a he ends up performing the way he needs to, and it ends up in a positive manner. The other thing with this is the fact that this stayed quiet, it's- where the Wood Brothers themselves could release the information. Well-
1: and, was you know, awesome. it was peak Paul Menard. Um, I can't remember which journalist it was. It might have been Nate Ryan from NBC Sports that wrote a, a really kind of interesting story about how this came out in, like, the most Paul Menard way possible. I mean, no one really... He's the quietest guy. He's the only guy, active NASCAR driver right now that does not have Twitter. I did not know that until I came across that the other day. He's one of the quietest guys in the garage, very private, goes about his business, Um I've heard in interviews and stuff that I've heard from other drivers that he's actually a really personable, funny, nice guy. He's just kind of quiet and kind of like Carl Edwards was. I mean, Carl Edwards was kind of in that same boat. So, yeah, no one saw it coming when – I mean, the only people that knew were Matt DiBenedetto, I'm going to guess probably his wife, Paul Menard and his family, and the Wood Brothers.
0: That's awesome. Just in today's day and age, though, where everything seems to Mm -hmm. be leaked or figured out before the teams can actually release it, or there's like, hey – Joe Gibbs Racing is gonna announce this tomorrow, so they're like they're like giving Joe Gibbs the official announcement. But everyone knows what's gonna happen. Nobody saw this coming, and that that's what made this so great. And and the cool thing now for Paul Menard is he was kind of gonna retire with an underwhelming career, and now he's gonna retire with the legacy of the man that put Paul or put yeah, Matt Menard in, in a have, good They're gonna have
1: they're gonna have complete backing from Menards and their vendors and stuff like they've had. And, with paul menard
0: that is a another key piece with this is is with paul menard and that menard's family menards has been in racing for a long time back they had their own indy car team and they've run the indy 500 they want to be in racing so the fact that paul menard said i want matt De benedetto in that car that's what made this happen because menards is staying on board to help with that sponsorship
1: and this is pretty much a fourth penske car Pretty much. I mean, it's a, it's a heck of a lot better ride than what I, in my opinion, what he took over at LFR. You know, this is...
0: And I saw some stuff after that Bristol race with Matt Benedetto saying, you know, this shouldn't be a shock. He's in JGR stuff. Well, back up a little bit. It's old JGR yeah. stuff. It's it's a year or so old, and they're getting the, the hand-me-down cars, essentially. <laughs> That's The other thing is you get these cars you've got to update them with with the current package and then you don't have the resources to get the speed out of them that, that Gibbs does. Yes, you're getting that technical alliance, but but I saw some stuff like it's basically a Gibbs car. This should be expected. He he's he's not
1: Yeah, I saw some of that too. It,
0: it's no. He it does not have a Gibbs car. Now with this, it's kind of the it's, same way, but it's closer. It's a lot it's closer. It's still the Wood Brothers putting their touch on these race cars, but it's a lot closer of an alliance than, than the Gibbs one.
1: But I think if you're going to have guys putting their touch on the race car, I think, you know, historically the Wood Brothers are when, the
0: Here's the best way to describe the difference. When, when you're talking with Gibbs drivers, they do not view Matt DiBenedetto as a teammate. They view him as another Toyota driver. When you talk to Penske drivers, whoever's in that twenty-one right is, now, they talk to him as the the four Penske cars, my three teammates. So it is a much closer alliance, and like you said, it is essentially really, and it's probably the closest alliance in the garage that that fourth Penske. Oh,
1: for sure, definitely. Now that uh, Furniture Row is, is folded, no longer obviously a Toyota team, but I- I'm excited for Matt Benedetto. It is a another one-year contract for him, but as he kind of talked about in in the release he's been on one-year contracts his entire career this is nothing new for him and he would have to be in my opinion probably really bad well and even in some of the news
0: that's come out they've they've said that it's a one-year deal with an opportunity for a long term so they they want to see what he can actually do in that car for a year I think he'll I think he'll even exceed expectations I, I, in think, that he'll, car, I think he'll win a race I do too. And if he does that, you'll see him at least in the 21 for a while. If not hop in, do a full-time Penske ride at, at, in the actual Penske shop sometime in the near future.
1: Yeah. I just, I, it's awesome to see, Um, you know, this is a guy that G it's hard not to like him. Uh, you know, he's bet on himself his entire career. Um, hasn't came from the affluent, you know, background or had the backing that we've seen other guys have. And has kind of taken the route in NASCAR that you don't see anymore. You know, it used to be you worked your way in the Xfinity Series. Then you got to a lower tier cup team. Then you got to a, a, an average cup team. Then you got to a slightly above average cup team. Then you got to a good cup team. We saw guys like Dale Jarrett did that. Jeff Burton did that. Worked their way up. Bobby Labonte worked their way up through the ranks. Now we, we see these kind of uber prospects. You know, the William Byron's, the Christopher Bell's, the... Um, Haley Deegan's that have tons of backing and are able to kind of skip some of those steps. There's nothing wrong with that. If they have that backing, that's that's how it is. But it's cool to kind of see a change of scenery. And, you know, you see a guy like Matt Benedetto get this opportunity, you can't help but be excited.
0: It might not take effect for a few years, but if Matt Benedetto goes out and starts winning races for this Wood Brothers team, all of a sudden you're going to look at teams go, Okay, we're letting drivers pay for these rides, bring sponsors, and then they're kind of underwhelming in their performance. Maybe we should go out and get and, a guy, and get a guy that can win races, like a,
1: a Bubba Wallace,
0: and or can bring in yeah sponsorship because that is now what you've seen with Matt De Benedetto. Is it, it took it took more time, but now he's someone where where people are saying I want to sponsor him because of the driver and then the person
1: that he is well, not and I look at a guy like Bubba Wallace. I mean, you look at his performance this year obviously hasn't been great, but you look at that team, they haven't been great. I mean, that's not great equipment. That's one of the worst Chevy teams out there. Um we've seen when he was in a KBM truck what he could do. When he was in the second best roush Xfinity car, you know, he put together some really nice runs. So a guy like that, Ryan a guy like Ryan Priest who's ran really well, Chris Busher um, Ross Chastain, obviously. There's a lot of guys out there that I, I think would also benefit from having an opportunity that Matt Benedetto has been able to have, and hopefully this can open the door so guys like that or a Corey LaJoy or somebody that's put together serviceable numbers and not so serviceable cars can get the opportunities to compete.
0: It's an interesting conversation, but, again, Matt Benedetto will be heading to the Wood Brothers number 21 next year. Paul Menard. This silly
1: season's about to get weird. It, it is. It's
0: because we're still. I mean, now you've opened you've opened this up, but we're still waiting. That, on, that was on, my plan on Stuart Haas and what and they're gonna yeah, do. Yeah, we
1: have and there's we have no idea because
0: there's still questions on Boyer. There's still questions, questions on Daniel Suarez and mm-hmm. where everyone goes with that. The, we, we all assume the 95 is going to be Christopher Bell, and that's going to be then just a fifth Gibbs car, like we were talking with ben the. The twenty-one being a fourth Penske car. If Christopher Bell's in the ninety-five, that will become a a fifth Gibbs car fielded
1: by that by team. But who do you think's the biggest wild card in the silly season? It's a good question.
0: It's a good question. I was not expecting to like the the like my heart to to get sappy here. Wants to say Rosh Chastain because someone's gonna look at him. I think that's more. If you want to get back to reality, that's more Xfinity series. I think it's Cole Custer.
1: See, I think it's Kurt Busch. That's you know you you look at where Kurt Busch is at in his career. I believe he was on a one year contract. Um, We'll get more into this later, but right now he's sitting on the outside looking in um, of the playoffs. He's accomplished pretty much everything you can in NASCAR. He's won championships, one Daytona 500. You know, how much longer is he going to want to do this? And then if he decides to step away, who takes that one-car role? Do we see some shuffling around? Does a guy like Clint Boyer end up in that car and and Dude, Cole yeah, Custer end up as Stuart Haas? Does Ross Chastain well, get the he, backing that he lost last year and get in getting that car? Does Daryl Wallace make a move? You know, we don't know what's going on with Daniel Hemrick. That's another wild card.
0: And – with, with him, Richard Childress racing hasn't been great this year, and he and he's had some bad luck. But he that was supposed to, I believe, be a multi-year
1: deal that now is in question yeah. with him, Rick. Just, and Ty, I mean, just Tyler Reddick, he looks cup ready. Well, Does it, he slide and, up and take and the one car?
0: Richard Childress has already said if we can't get him in one of our cars next year, he's gone. Yeah. So that tells me there, there's teams talking with him. I, I think another role that, that plays into this with Jimmy Johnson's performance this year and with all the, the way his contracts with, with Ally, with Hendrick line up, next year really looks like it might be his last year. If you're Hendrick, do you you know go find someone like Arash Chastain? Do you try to steal Tyler Reddick and and say, you know what? They We're going to wait and put you in the 48 in, in two years. They
1: had Reddick. That's what makes me think they do you won't... go steal him back? Yeah,
0: I don't. Because you can say, hey, wait one more year, you're in the 48.
1: Yeah, I, I'm i not so sure that Jimmy's done as early as we like to think he will be. Um, given some of the stuff I've read and heard him talk about, I think he still feels like he has a lot more left. He, he's he got to figure
0: out how to show it. Yeah, though.
1: yeah. well, he's got to figure out how to not get caught up in literally every bad accident that happens, um, which he's been just fast enough to get caught up in that stuff, it seems like, the last couple weeks. But this silly season, it's going to get insanely silly. I mean, really, there's... I. You know, maybe what a dozen guys that we can say for sure. Oh yeah, we know they're going to be back. You know, all the Penske cars, all the Gibbs cars, Chase Elliott, Kyle Larson, Kevin Harvick. There. I mean, that's pretty. That's pretty much all we can say at this moment that we know for sure. I think Ricky Stenhouse just signed an extension of all people,
0: and, and Eric Jones. Did Eric get his? I believe still, are we still waiting on the confirmation that Eric Jones signed another? I'm not contract?
1: sure. I thought he did. I thought
0: he it might have only been a one or two year deal. Even with these NASCAR contracts, we really don't get the information. They they keep him kind of he did sealed sign an up. extension. So I, I think the the entire Gibbs team is locked up for next year, which is why Bell is probably going to be in the 95. That that then creates a question of who's going to slide into the 20 in the Xfinity series because they don't really have
1: a i think it's harrison burton probably because you, you look at the way he's ran in the Xfinity series been a heck of a lot better in then, the truck series yeah. and chandler smith's not old enough um that's probably really pretty sure actually, if chandler smith was old if, enough chandler, begin the if chandler smith would, chandler smith's the next joey logano i'm i'm just gonna go ahead and say right now or the next william byron
0: everyone kind of knew that when the kid was 14
1: yeah, well, everyone knew when Joey Logano was 14, 15 years old and showing up and winning k and East races and, and stuff convincingly. So, yeah, I think – I mean, there's a lot of pieces. And then you look at kind of the, the backlog in the the feeder system, so to speak. You know, we talk about Custer and Reddick and Bell. Briscoe. And Briscoe, yeah. I can't forget about him. Um, Noah Gregson, who knows with him. Yeah. Um, then you look at some of the younger guys. We mentioned Chandler Smith, Haley Deegan, uh, Derek Krause, Christian Eckes. Those guys at some point are going to move their way up to maybe put themselves in a situation where they can get a better ride.
0: And we've also kind of mentioned this, but at some point, does Brett Moffitt yes. give, be given an opportunity outside the truck series again?
1: Or a guy like Ben Rhodes, who has shown that he can run really well on the, the mile and a half stuff and is an okay road racer. Um, Justin Haley, who is won a cup series race, which is still crazy to, to say and think about, but still, I mean, there's so many guys and only so many cars and you get guys like Ryan Newman it, and Kurt Bush that hang around forever. It makes it a lot harder. And this is where the Matt DeBenedetto, back to the Matt DeBenedetto signing could change
0: all of this it could. because right now you're waiting on, okay, who's got the sponsor money, but now like, okay, well, if we're going to go back to hiring drivers based off of performance, now you go okay. These these younger drivers are right now. You Xfinity series is being dominated by three drivers.
1: Yeah, and it's you're, you're a lot
0: more tempted if you're saying okay. Well, sponsors now they want performance again. They want you know drivers that that get more interviews, drivers that that get more publicity. Maybe do we drop a Ryan Newman who's going to finish eleventh every week and go pick up one of those drivers?
1: Yeah, yeah I, I think or well, an Eric. Do we cut ties with Eric Almirola, who has not impressed me this year, and go get a Chase Briscoe? Or, and I mean, this like I said, the silly season is going to get weird. We don't know what the long term future is of Richard Petty Motorsports. We just we the, don't know.
0: It, it's not just this silly season that's going to be
1: wild. I think it's the next two or three. Yeah, I, have, I th- you know because you look at there's guys that we we grew up watching race which is crazy to think about that you know when i started watching racing it was jeff gordon tony stewart jimmy johnson dale earnhardt jr kevin harvick kurt bush matt kenseth ryan newman that was like the big ones most of those guys are gone now you know we get to the next three or four years you're gonna see guys like kurt bush kevin harvick jimmy johnson ryan newman on their way out i mean and then who steps in there there's a lot of names that could. It's, we just don't know. I I think the talent of NASCAR, in my opinion, is deeper than it's been in a long time, and I will fight anybody that argues otherwise.
0: And it's not just deep in the the feeder systems. It's it's deep within these small teams as well.
1: I look at a guy like Corey LaJoy. I think Corey LaJoy is incredibly talented. I think he's got the personality and the stuff to to really do something. But yeah, he's at Go Fast Racing. I mean it's it's deep. It's incredibly deep.
0: And we'll get to this when we get to the actual racing that happened this weekend is is this is why those small teams need to exist at the cup level and and we'll get to why that's a talking point this week from Las Vegas. But I feel like
1: this is going to be a 3-hour long podcast. It's possible.
0: We should probably start talking about what happened at Las Vegas. Yeah, why don't we?
1: I didn't watch like any of the truck race, I, I, I the guess. truck race was crazy. Yeah, I didn't we'll get start, a chance to watch any
0: of it. We'll start with the cup race. Uh, a nice six o'clock central time start, which I, I was a little bit concerned love, with, but I, love I loved it. it.
1: I'm I'm a every race should be a night race person anyway, except for road courses. Although it would make them a lot and and more maybe like the Daytona. Nope. 500. I'm sorry. You want, you
0: want the five hundred at night?
1: You know what time Super Bowl
0: starts? Good point.
1: 520. And if this is the... Well, with,
0: with the Daytona 500, it really has ended up kind of being a night race if this most is, of the time. Well, that's
1: because there's so many freaking yellows. If and this thunderstorms. Is the, if this is the Super Bowl of NASCAR, started it... At least let it finish under dark. I'm not
0: saying... So there'd be two races not run under the lights. Pocono and Indy.
1: And maybe Watkins Glen and Sonoma. Those two. That'd, that'd be expensive to put up lighting. Um, yeah, if I had it my way, that would pretty much be it. Because start the Daytona 500 at, like, f- let's see, they're an hour ahead of us. So, 3.30 here. 4.30 start. Probably going dark around 7.00. Last quarter of the race, so it's going to be dark. Or start a little later. Run it in prime time. Not, not going to argue with that. Yeah. And
0: yeah <laughs> I think, especially during the... NFL season, it's, you got in the situation where like you were in between games. So as a as a football fan as well, you weren't sitting there going, "Well, do I want to watch this game?" Or do I, you, well, you? could watch football, was, watch the race, it was watch more
1: football. Perfect. Like for us as Chiefs fans, I had to work Sunday morning until about one thirty, um, or Sunday afternoon, I should say. Get home, Chiefs game starts at three. Caught the entire Chiefs game. Literally, the Chiefs game was getting over. I turned to the NBCSN and had the NASCAR race. Now, granted, I ended up missing some of the Sunday night football game, but i I was gonna unless the Chiefs were playing, I was gonna watch the race anyway. So I think that's the perfect time, Sunday evening, you know, four, five, six o'clock. Start
0: it right as this, the three o'clock football games are getting
1: over, yeah. and then you're
0: ending right as Sunday night football is starting. So there's a little overlap, but. For the most part, it's, it's in between that. You, you've you got that two-hour gap between when the 3 o'clock games get over and the, the Sunday night football game starts.
1: Yeah, just don't do what Kansas City did this year where you had the Ch- NASCAR race getting over at like almost the same time the Chiefs game started because that makes for a, a little bit of a traffic mess in Kansas City. But I, I'm fine with primetime races, and I – thought that was great that they did that i thought it was odd too because i thought it was a saturday night race and i was kind of disappointed because i knew i wasn't gonna get one of those this week right so but i you know being an iowa fan i was gonna watch the iowa state game over that and then i found out it was a sunday race and it made my made my weekend
0: so on the actual racetrack (laughs) uh there there was some racing uh
1: yeah that's what they do on racetracks
0: it's 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 Kind of interesting how that happens, but uh, in qualifying, when racing wasn't happening and cars were just trying to go really fast, Stuart Haas was extremely quick. We learned later, well, we, we kind of knew this, they trimmed their cars out They more than anyone else got the pull. Other teams like Penske and Gibbs decided not to do that, Ooh. and early in the race, for Joey Logano... That seemed to work as he charged through the field from a 22nd starting position to win stage one.
1: Well, you remember we saw Hendrick was doing that bad at the beginning of the year. I mean, they'd trim their cars out, and then you'd get Jimmy Johnson, Alex Bowman, Chase Elliott, William Byron starting first, second, third, and fifth. And then by lap 50, they were running fifth, ninth, 13th, and 15th. I've never really understood why it's so important to trim your car out qualifying this was a when,
0: 267 lap race that's joey Logano after starting 22nd won that's, stage one that's that's what
1: that's what i'm saying i don't understand it. you look at so many guys that have never been great jimmy johnson in his prime was never a great qualifier he'd qualify decent dale earnhardt never a great qualifier the guys that have the great cars don't kept kevin harvick up until like this year was not a good qualifier at all um now Stuart Haas has changed the way the tactics. I didn't understand it because. Well, look at what happened to your pole sitter. Clint Boyer, first pole in forever. I think 12
0: years. Goes out. As soon as he loses the lead, which was lap one, he just dropped like a rock the rest of the race into a 25th place finish.
1: Yeah, and you look, you know, you mentioned Joey Logano started 22nd. Well, Martin Truex Jr. went on to win the race, started 24th. Brad Kozlowski started 18th. Alex Bowman, 19th. Ryan Blaney, 23rd. Kyle Larson, 15th. Those are all guys that finished in the top 10. If you look
0: at that, three of your top 10 starters finished in the top 10. Excuse me, two of your top 10 starters finished inside the top 10 at the end of this race. Qualifying does not matter. You can argue as much as you want that it does.
1: It doesn't. Until
0: these races are 50 laps long, it doesn't matter.
1: Yeah. it. I, I've never understood the, you know, you okay, you go back to, let's go back to two weeks ago at Indy. Kevin Harvick won from the pole. He had the fastest race car all day. That was pretty obvious. Bubba Wallace. Granted, there were a lot of wrecks and stuff in this race. Started 15th, finished 3rd. William Byron started 29th, finished 4th. Denny Hamlin started 33rd, finished 6th. Ryan Newman started 22nd, finished 8th. Chase Elliott started 24th, finished ninth. That's qualifying, like you said, until we start having, you know, basically heat races for races, which will never happen. Qualifying is pretty irrelevant. How many times here have we seen Kyle Busch or Denny Hamlin? Denny Hamlin, did Hamlin go to the back at Bristol? Yep. You know, Kyle Busch has gone to the back like three times this year and had a car that was capable of getting back up through the field. Um, at Darlington, sorry, 33rd, had the best car for most of the race, finished 3rd. Qualifying does not matter.
0: And if you look at the Stuart Haas cars, you had just not great runs. Kevin Harvick was the only one able to stay up front. Eric Almarola dropped to 13th. Kurt Busch got in an incident and ended up not finishing the race. And, again, Clint Boyer finished 25th. But looking at the quick rundown of this race, stage one went to Joey Logano. Stage two to Martin Truex. Stage three, two restarts really changed the way that this race The complexion of it, because you kind of lost Joey Logano due to some some pitch strategy. He started deeper on a restart, got some contact. So the most dominant car of the early part of the race, no longer really part of the equation. So it was Martin Truex Jr., Kevin Harvick. They were battling it out. Truex ends up with the win. Harvick finishes second. Brad Keselowski, third chase. Elliott, fourth. Ryan Blaney, fifth. Alex Bowman, sixth. William Byron, seventh. Kyle Larson, eighth. Joey Logano, ninth. And then Ryan Newman, Hmm. doing Ryan Newman things, finished 10th.
1: And that run for Brad Keselowski, I think, is exactly what they needed to start the playoffs. They've not been running well. They didn't really have a great car. They were able to strategize stuff to where they end up getting a a third-place finish.
0: And then your other playoff drivers, Eric Amarola, 13th. Denny Hamlin, 15th. Kyle Busch in the 19th position. Clint Boyer, 25th. Eric Jones had transmission issues early Lost, uh, it was 14 laps. Got one of those backs. So he was 13 laps down. He finished 36. And then Kurt Busch, the only car not to finish the race, he finished in the 39th position. Now is the fun part, where I think it's time to bring back the segment of Baby of the Week, and uh, that's going to go to Kyle Busch.
1: Yeah, that that's kind of a hands down one. And, and what Jacob's referring to is Kyle Busch just had a bad day. And he's from Las Vegas, so I think any time he comes to Las Vegas, the, the pressure kind of mounts for him more to to show up and perform. Got in the wall on, was it like lap six? It was really it early. It six. Um, got in the wall, had to make a pit stop, was two laps down, worked his way up, was running. Was he inside the top ten? Inside or? the top ten. And, um, so
0: Before we get to what happened, Trevor and I make picks every week. And this just seems to, to be how it, how it normally goes. And I'm like, it's going to be another one of those days where the driver I pick dominates Jacob, the first two yeah, stages. Yeah, Jacob picked
1: Joey Logano. I picked Kyle Busch for like the 17th week in a row. Um, Joey Logano dominates first two stages. Kyle Busch struggles all day. I'm like, can
0: we just end the race now so I can get some points yeah.
1: back? Then all of a sudden, with 40 laps to go, Kyle uh, Busch is running seventh and Joey Logano is running 19th. And I'm like, I'm going to gain 12 points here. That didn't happen. No. As as we
0: mentioned, we're, we're going to talk about some of these uh, slower teams. As Rick Ware Racing, early in the year, we, we had a segment. It was, it was, who was Rick? Who were they going to yeah. take
1: out on pit road this week? Because it happened in back-to-back weeks.
0: Well, uh, a Rick Ware Racing car, and this is where, where Trevor and I may disagree. I don't know that we will. A Rick Ware, Ware Racing car it was on the racetrack running a race, and Kyle Busch decided to run into the back of, of Garrett Smithley driving the 52 car. I say running into the back of because, to me, Garrett Smithley held his line, and at that point it is up to Kyle Busch to get around him.
1: Yeah, when I first saw it live, I was I think we probably would have disagreed. I've gone back and watched it probably a dozen times now, and every time I watch it, I, I don't know what Garrett Smithley could have done to have avoided that. I mean, he can't go to the inside because William Byron's his inside. I mean, Kyle You're, just ran into
0: him. Here's the thing with how racing works, and, and Kyle Busch, and we'll get to his comments later, but just with the way racing works, when you are a slower car, there's this idea with, with a lot of people not involved with racing that they're supposed to get out of the way. That is not what that blue flag with the no. yellow cross means. It means hold your line. Leaders are there. Make it obvious where you're going to be. We go back to this race. Kyle Busch was right up behind William Byron. He can't see through Byron's car. So if you want to throw any blame on anybody, it's just racing and maybe it's the spotter's fault. But Smithley goes into the corner he says, you know what, I'm going to run the third lane. I'm going to leave one lane to the top, two to the bottom. Go around me. William Byron does it. Kyle Busch doesn't. Alex Bowman does.
1: Everybody else that went around him except Kyle Busch did. I mean it'd
0: be one thing if Smithley went to the bottom and then slid up in front of Bush. Then then you've got a gripe. But I understand that, that these cars are hard to steer in the middle of the corner, but there's a steering wheel. There's a brake pedal. You had I understand that the, the closing rate is is quick between you and and the Rick Ware racing cars, but they are out there. This is where, as I said, the, the small teams are important because without the Rick Ware Racing teams, w- without Spire Motorsports, without some of these other teams, you get in a situation where the Matt DiBenedettos of the world don't get an opportunity to do better in their equipment than they should because that's what got Matt to where he is now. You take those teams so out and you just run a 28-car a field. Well, no one's gonna have the opportunity
1: to prove they deserve a better ride. It's what's got Rast Chastain to where he's at now. Um, it's what's got a lot of people. Alex Bowman was a starting park guy for a long time. Um, yeah, I. What'd you think of his post-race comments? Not, not, not the media bullpen. Let's get to that in a minute because I've I've got some takes on that one. But with Parker Kligerman, who I think. I really like what Park Klugerman does for NBC, and I think he's probably one of the more respected guys in the garage area because he's a driver. Um, So I'm really curious how he – I thought he handled that one. I don't know. I I wish you had it up so we could just play it. Here's the thing with interviewing Kyle Busch at a race like that. You know what you're going to get. Yeah, you you just kind of have to go into it. For everyone
0: complaining about Kyle Busch's response, he's done this for 15 years now. He hasn't changed. If he has a bad race, something like that happens – He's not happy. Now, the comment in that post-race interview about the top series of NASCAR letting guys race that have never won late model races, I have a big problem with with that comment. Because, one, the two, the drivers he was referring to, and you saw not only Garrett Smithley come back, but then other drivers in the same position as Smithley kind of fire back, not directly at Kyle Busch, but post their um, story and all their trophies that they've look-
1: won. Let's look at the bottom of the running order. I can attest Joey Gase has won, has won races. Yes, he has. He's, he's good at that race car driving thing. Um, Reed Sorensen has won Xfinity races. Garrett Smithley, I wasn't super familiar with his story until I saw his post. Um, Joe Nemechek, Joe Nemechek's won cup races. I think he knows what he's doing. BJ McLeod, I guess I can't really dive a ton into. I know he has some late model experience, but I don't know ab- J.J. Yaley, also known as Christopher Beltram Hernandez-Yaley, as I found out through your Google search this week, was a really good USAC racer. So these guys, I mean, Matt Tift, Ross Chastain, Landon Castle, Corey LaJoy, Ryan Priest, these guys know what they're doing at the bottom of the order.
0: And, and the, the issue I had with that, too, is, is look at who uh, Kyle Busch puts in his trucks and puts in his, his late models. They, they aren't any... Better half the time than the guys he's racing with at at the Cup Series, and I understand it's Cup versus those levels, but
1: and that was kind of his weird argument on Twitter too. And somebody had said something about that was it. But,
0: but you're 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 letting just he really just lets anyone jump in
1: his trucks.
0: If you've well, got the money, you you can run a few races with
1: Kyle Busch. That's think here's this then. I mean, you know, he he complains about. Having guys in the back that don't know what they're doing, well, the system's going to have to completely change for that to ever not happen because as long as these guys can get the backing... Jimmy Means Racing had a thing on Facebook a couple weeks ago basically telling people that if they could get the backing to get an Xfinity car, they were in.
0: I mean still have to get the approval from yeah, Yeah app- and, and the one the one point, I think it was... Because th- this has gone way beyond... Sunday night on Twitter, and and my favorite was Kyle Larson. We'll get to that in a minute. But the the thing with NASCAR as well is some of these teams that you you're saying okay we, these drivers shouldn't be on the racetrack, which I, I think as we went through that order, all of them have a have a resume that says you know what they can they can get here. But the NASCAR licensing or, or the, the approval process you get to a point where there's not that many drivers approved for cup series races. And if you're a, a top level Xfinity driver, you're not going and sliding over and running for these teams. So there's only so many drivers that say a Rick Ware racing can choose from that have that cup series approval. So if, if, you can't fault those teams for putting these drivers in those cars because there's only a limited option. If Kyle Busch is questioning the, the approval process and how drivers get approval, he he might have an argument there. But but as as these drivers on their social media have pointed out, they they've won plenty of late model races, and, and they've they're not and the drivers at the back end of this Cup series, a lot of them. And you saw it with with Gase's post. You saw it with Smithley's post. They don't have money behind them.
1: No, Joey Gates has never had the, the backing and stuff. That, and I think the thing, too, is, I mean, we shouldn't be surprised. Kyle Busch was 18 years old and, and handed the keys to a championship caliber car at what in that time was the best organization in motorsports and maybe one of the best organizations in all sports with Rick Hendrick. I mean, he was 18 years old and his teammates were Jeff Gordon and Jimmy Johnson. At 18 years old. I mean, we've seen all the other guys, Joey Logano, William Byron. They haven't shown the immaturity and stuff that Kyle showed early on, which is why he's not still at Rick Hendrick. And not everyone is, is fortunate enough to get in those situations. Not everyone had a championship brother. Um,
0: the, the biggest thing that, that Smithley, in, he had some of his backmark Marker guys kind of step up there as well. He said, Kyle Busch has never been in the situation that they have to deal with being in cars that are that slow. And I think it was Corey LaJoy came on and said, nobody, nobody you couldn't put Kyle Busch in that 52 car and expect it to do any better. No. But but as I mentioned, then you're saying, well, there's that argument of, well, maybe they shouldn't be on the racetrack. No, you need those teams because what happens when in, some of these,
1: these – in order for them to not be on the racetrack, there's a lot of other things that have to change. They'll never happen. You know, the costs and stuff has to to go down. The charter system has to go away. A lot of things will never happen. So you have to have them out there.
0: And and you need one. You, like I said, you need places for drivers to get opportunities at the cup level, even if it's in in bad cars. And you can't create a system where it's only Joe Gibbs Racing, Penske, Hendrick, Richard Childress. Roush. And Chip Ganassi. And Chip Ganassi. It's not going to work. Racing, you've always had teams that, that that's, you have to start somewhere. It's a cliche, but you have to start somewhere. If that's the back of a cup series, then that's there. Rick Ware Racing is giving three drivers a week an opportunity, sometimes, sometimes four. four now, an opportunity to hop in a cup car and now say one of those, those, those cars go out and finish 28th legitly. All of a sudden, people are like, who's that driving that car? Yeah. That's what Matt Benedetto did. That's what Ross Chastain's done.
1: Corey LaJoy is doing it right now in the 32. Alex Bowman. I mean, yeah, it's – I don't know. Like, it's easy for Kyle Busch to to sit there and, and say this stuff because he's never been in that situation. Um, You look at some other guys that – you know, Eric Almarola wasn't always in the greatest strides. Um, I'm sure their opinion would be a little bit different than, say – Kyle Busch, who has had pretty much everything handed to him, and I'm not saying Kyle Busch isn't a super, super talented NASCAR driver. I don't think anyone will ever argue his talent. I will argue that he might go down as the most talented driver in the history of NASCAR to win the least.
0: That that's entirely possible, and it's entirely possible but that be that could be because of his attitude.
1: I, I think, and I, I'll get to another point of this in a minute. I know we're going to have like a three-hour podcast because we're 40 minutes in and we've barely scratched the surface. Um, what do you think of? So we talked kind of about the Parker Kligerman comments, and the you know we're in the upper echelon of motorsports, and we've got guys that haven't even won rate late mile races. Which again, I get his heat of the moment. Now his other comment as part
0: of that interview was great. It was it was great.
1: You know, Parker Kligerman asked him about. Relying on playoff points, and he said it's pathetic to have to rely on insurance, and my premiums are about to go up. That might be the funniest thing Kyle Bush has ever said in his life because he was so mad when he said it. What I have a problem with is the way he handled the bullpen.
0: Yeah, that. Um, w- when you're when you're, you know, going the Marshawn Lynch route, and actually saying multiple times, "I'm just here so I don't get fined." Like that, that that should only be a, well one that should only have been done once. Like Marshawn should have done that, and then that should just be a joke. It should never be repeated again in an actual situation. And and Kyle went there. And again, I understand his frustration, and he was saying that, that there were bad questions being asked, and a couple of them. I'll lean towards they weren't the greatest questions, but you're not giving the media anything, so they're just firing out questions to try to get you to respond.
1: see if I can find the transcript. Obviously, I have the the censored version. Reporter, what happened there with the 53? Kyle said, 52, get it right, don't know. Kind of sounded like a douche. How'd that impact your car? Kyle said, killed it. Were you happy you were able to come back after the early damage? That's a normal person might have given you a better answer than just nope. Um, that one would be the one I would say maybe wouldn't have been the best question to ask after he... If Kyle Busch would have gone to finish six, might not have been a bad question to yes, ask, but he, he didn't. So I, I don't know. What happened at the end of the race? I'm just here, so I don't get fine. Which is hey, always...
0: let's. <laughs> so that that's a... Re- competitive question at this point but he has yet to actually answer that question which is a good question if it was answered the first time
1: yeah how about the heat did it affect everything again that's a good question but i'm not sure it's a question you ask kyle bush because he's pouting i don't think i'd have asked that but i can't fault them for it's like you said it's a good question
0: for someone else like, like That's a situation where, and maybe this is because I'm you know, still young, where halfway through that I, I would have just left the media mm-hmm. bullpen and tried to catch another driver for my story because Kyle wasn't going to give anything.
1: And Kyle said, felt great. Any thoughts of going to a place where you won last time at Richmond? And he said, nope, can't pass there. Whining about the package again. Do you feel okay about your chances overall? Don't care. did it help to have bonus points coming into the race. I'm just here so I don't get fined. Then the the best part and I have to censor this part. Someone asked, Do "You feel like if you were able to get a top 10?" Then Kyle turns around, puts hands on hip in front, puts hands up in frustration and says, "I'm answering the dumbest effing questions ever over and over again and leaves." That I have a problem with. I don't even have a problem so much how he answered the questions. I mean, I have a little bit of a problem with him. But to me, I mean, you've got guys that are there that are, are incredibly well-respected. You know, a guy like a Bob Pockriss or Jeff Gluck. That know what they're talking about. I, I didn't see anything there that was... And I maybe have more of a problem, not so much, with Kyle. Because this is what we should expect from him. But the idiots on Twitter that are, well, those were bad questions. Gay genius, you know what? Were what would you ask if you were in that situation? I'm with you. You know, we're going to Kansas in October, part of an awesome program that NASCAR's putting on for college students. Something like that happens to Kyle Busch, I'm probably staying out of the way.
0: Yeah, that 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 I one might
1: one. I might sit there and listen <laughs> for for the entertainment. But, but I'm one not one like one. I'm probably not even thinking of a question.
0: No, I, in in that situation, especially is someone that obviously not at the level that kyle bush is at but has been in, in situations where i've had bad races you were not happy
1: yeah afterwards you don't want to answer questions now if it's clint Boyer, i'm i'm going because i know i'm getting a quote
0: so it just comes down to the person it, this was a, a first time incident maybe there there's some more gripe to have with maybe someone shouldn't act like this but kyle bush does we know it so why are
1: we surprised every time he does it? and why do we And i guess here we are complaining about it but why do we why does everyone get so upset every time this happens when the guy is who he is and i'm i like kyle bush more than i think a lot of people think i do and i like him more than a lot of people do because he's authentic if kyle bush would have went out and put on a fake smile and you know he could have maybe been less of a jerk that would have been nice but if he all of a sudden had this happy-go-lucky attitude and was just giddy as could be after running 30th, we'd all complain about how fake he was and that he didn't care. I don't think anyone can doubt that he cares. I think the problem is the guy cares too much. But if I'm Joe Gibbs Racing and I'm that team, I'm concerned right now.
0: I would agree. I, I think, to me, the, the
1: attitude
0: went too far. Like, the the whole, you know... It's a bad race. You're frustrated, but at some point, this there is like is a,
1: 20, 21 year old Kyle Busch. Yeah, th-
0: th- at some point there is a a level of professionalism. You don't need to give a, a paragraph long answer of why your day wasn't great, but we, we need more answers. We need, and as, as some of the media members pointed out, and other people as well, just like Kyle Busch is doing his job,
1: they have a job. That this is their job as well. You know, so yeah, all you idiots that are well those were dumb questions. If you think it was a dumb those were dumb questions, tell me what you would have asked that was different. Cuz I I the only thing I can say is is maybe the questions would have
0: been worded differently cuz that's just that's how I would have come up with them on the spot but the same line of questions. Yeah. I don't know that I'd where have, have, have asked headed. about
1: the heat cuz I don't know that he's a guy that would give you a great answer on that regardless of his mood. But other than that, I mean, you ask 35 other guys even after... If you'd have asked Clint Boyer after an accident like that, yeah, he's not going to be super happy either. But he's going to give you something. He's, he's going to give you a lot of, of content. You know, or you ask a guy like Chase Elliott or even Denny Hamlin who will kind of... Brad Kozlowski will give you a ton of content too. So I, I don't know. That was the thing I had the biggest problem with more than the NBC interview was just kind of the way he handled it. And, I mean, his brother got suspended for the way he handled the media bullpen one time. Granted, he threatened to beat the crap out of the guy, but still, like, that's the, just not how you do it, in my the opinion. The rest
0: of this, though, is it didn't stop there. Now, for some reason, for like the last two days, Kyle Bush is responding to all of, I guess we'll call, haters on Twitter sometimes digging a bigger grave, other times kind of bringing up valuable points. My favorite though is when Kyle Larson got involved. Yeah. So it when it's not good. when it's not just fans getting involved, but other drivers kind of calling Kyle Busch out and just the way he did it as well. He he gets on Twitter, responds to Kyle Busch by just letting him know that at the Chili Bowl there are no spotters. Now, for those that do not know what the Chili Bowl is, this is a midget race in January that is on a a fifth-of-a-mile dirt track inside a convention center in Tulsa. Come to the 55-lap feature. There are lapped cars everywhere, and on dirt, you don't have spotters, and on dirt, you don't hold your line. You slide all over the place, and as a leader, you have to find a way around them. So I I loved that comment from Kyle Bush or excuse me, Kyle Larson Larson in in response to Kyle Bush, just kinda letting him know, hey, we do this every week on dirt without spotters. And Kyle Bush comes back and and says, Well, would I have a chance of making the A, which was not a very good response to that. And Kyle Larson says with the equipment you could basically get into being Kyle Bush, yes, you'd have an opportunity to make the A. My favorite part of all of this is then the Chili Bowl Nationals Twitter page came back and said. I didn't see this part. They came and said, wouldn't you like to find out? Basically, tempting Kyle Busch to come try the Chili Bowl. But just the the comment from Kyle Larson just reminding Kyle Busch that there's this form of racing where things are a lot crazier, albeit not at the same speed, but guys sliding all over the place and don't have spotters.
1: Yeah, like, it-
0: like, for example, I ran a dirt race this last Saturday. I thought I was running side by side with, with this driver, running, battling for, for third place as I was falling back through the field, which is what I do. That's why I'm talking about racing and not doing it at a high level. But uh, I saw a picture come out later. I thought I was just too wide. I was not. <laughs> we were three wide for like two whole laps. And I had no idea. That that's what these guys are doing on dirt. Is you'll come back and you you have no idea what happened. They're spotters on asphalt, and I just thought that was great from Kyle Larson.
1: Yeah, I thought that was pretty savage because um, I I didn't at first I didn't read between the tea leaves like you did um, with that tweet, but the more I I thought about it, it, it made sense, and yeah, it just. I'm going to say right now, the way Kyle Bush is trending, he's not making the championship four. And I picked him to make it. The way things are going, I don't think he makes it.
0: Well, g- good segue, Trevor. We'll, we'll now look at the current playoff standings heading to Richmond. And then as we continue to go up in time, yeah. because we, we've got a lot to talk about. And I had
1: something else I was wanting us to do that I don't know that we're going to get to
0: there's there's still a lot to talk about so there, yeah. we apologize for the this might be a two-parter maybe here we'll, we'll go through the standings call it part one we'll start part two okay currently martin tricks jr's moved on to the round of 12 kevin harvick is 52 above the cut line joey Logano 48 kyle bush 36 brad keselowski 31 chase elliott 30 denny hamlin 29 kyle larson 17 william byron 13, Ryan Blaney, 12, Alex Bowman, 10, and then Eric Almarola, 6 above the cut line. Currently, the four drivers out of the playoffs if it were to end today. Ryan Newman, he's down 6, Kurt Busch, down 14, Clint Boyer, he's down 21, and then Eric Jones, down 26, that's how they leave Las Vegas, that's how they head to Richmond, that'll conclude part one. What? Hold on.
1: <laughs> what for? I tried. What four drivers did you have getting bounced? I'm trying to remember who I... I think I had Almirola. I had Almirola, Bowman. I think I had Almirola, Newman, Boyer, and Byron. I think the only one different is I had Boyer. I, I might have had Bowman. I'd have to look. I I can't remember for sure. And then we also did a um a draft picking the eight drivers... Each of us picked eight drivers, and we get their points throughout. But so, for me,
0: Bowman, Byron, Newman, and Almirola were the four I had out after round one.
1: And I had, I can tell you in just a second, I had I had Byron in the round of 12. So, I had Boyer, Newman, Byron, and Almirola. So, the only difference was you had Boyer making it. I didn't. I had Byron making it. You didn't. So can we conclude part one now? Yeah, because we've still got IndyCar. IndyCar,
0: Xfinity, Truck, and Preview, Richmond. Yeah. Well, that will conclude part one. Now we start part two. Of what could be a three-part. <laughs> of what could end up being three parts here. On the left turn, Jacob Blair, Trevor Mater, the Xfinity Series. They had a race as well. Not, not near as much to talk about because it was Christopher Bell
1: and yeah. Tyler
0: Reddick. Tyler Reddick won, Christopher Bell dominated, finished second. We can second. move on to the next thing. Let, now, let's yeah. move on. Real the, we'll, 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 we'll quick, so the their, ex- their playoff field is set. It's been the 12 we've known since like eight weeks ago. Yeah, so, it might even be longer than that. So the, to give the Xfinity Series a little bit more love, Christopher Bell will start the playoffs 51 above the cut line, Cole Custer 40, Tyler Reddick 40, Austin Cendrick. Drops off tremendously from from those numbers. He's only 13 above the cut line as the 4C, Chase Briscoe, 8, Justin Allgaier, 8, Michael Annette, 5, Noah Gragson will be 1 above the cut line, and Brandon Jones will start 1 below, Justin Haley, 2 below, Ryan Sieg, 4 below, and John Hunter Nemechek, 5 below. Real quick, who are your 8 moving on to the round of 8?
1: Man, you really put me on the spot here because I hadn't really put a lot of thought into it. Um, I'm obviously going to go the big 3. Give me Custer, Reddick, Bell, Noah Gregson, I think, is a sleeper to make it to the championship four. Um, I'm going to keep Noah Gregson alive. Give me – man, you really put me on the spot. Aust- I'll go Austin Sindrick is my fifth one. Um,
0: yeah. yeah you, you think about it. Yeah. My four out yeah. are Michael Annette, Justin, Haley, Ryan, Seag, and John Hunter Nemechek. You didn't Continue. give me much
1: time to think about it. He really—that was like two seconds to think about it. That's not—it's not a lot of time. Um, yeah, I'm gonna go Ryan Sieg. I would love to see him do something deep, but i, I don't think so. I'm gonna go Ryan Sieg, John Hunter Nemechek. I'm not sold on Brandon Jones, so give me Brandon Jones and then give me Justin Haley. So the same except I've got Michael and that in the round of eight.
0: Okay, let's continue on round of four. The championship hey, four. For me, it's easy: Bell, Custer, Reddick, and then for me the the fourth spot. Allgaier get it figured out, and he'll race for a championship at Homestead.
1: I'm going to say Bell, Custer, Reddick, and Noah Gregson does what Tyler Reddick did, did last year. So you're Points. picking him
0: to win the championship. I don't know how to go that far. Okay.
1: But I'm picking him to get – because cool. Tyler Reddick last year, like, you didn't really think he had any business getting to the championship for – I mean, we all thought it would be Bell, Hemrick, Custer, Justin Allgaier. And then the real wild card was Elliott Sadler. And then all of a sudden, Tyler Reddick comes out of nowhere. So, yeah, I'm going to go Bell, Custer, Reddick, Noah Gregson.
0: Who is your championship pick as the Xfinity Series playoffs start?
1: I'm tempting fate. I'm going to go the guy that I think has been the most impressive this season. I'm going to go Cole Custer. They I'm, get to Homestead. We've seen he's really he's good really there. He's really good there. I mean, so I, is Christopher Bell. I
0: think Christopher Bell gets the championship I think this you're year. probably
1: right. But there's a part of me that just wants him to not win an Xfinity Series championship. I think he gets it. We'll see. I think you're, uh, I think you're We're right.
0: seven races away, and, and then we'll, we'll get that figured out. The truck series, quite an interesting race as they had their final round of the round of eight. Six drivers would move on at the end of this round, and, and this race was all about the fact that engines decided they didn't want to finish races.
1: Engines is, went boom.
0: Yeah, and three of them were, were Thor Sport. Grant and Finger, his went up on lap six. And from there, you knew Grant Enfinger would not move on to the round of eight. So he will be one of those drivers. Got really interesting after that in terms of of the playoff race. The race, it it was Austin Hill, Rosh Chastain up front most of this race. Austin Hill gets the win, moves on to the round of of six. Rosh Chastain locked himself in through the stage points. So there's your three. Brett Moffat, Austin Hill, Rosh Chastain, Moffitt. Locked in from winning at Bristol and most sports. So came down then to Tyler Ancrum, Stuart Friesen, Johnny Sauter, and Matt Crafton fighting for three more spots. We already knew Infinger would be out. Then you get to one of the weirdest things I have ever seen. Is both Crafton and Sauter catch fire and blow up simultaneously at the exact same time. What are the odds? It almost looked. It almost felt as if they ran over something. Crafton kind of alluded to that. It, it sounded like there was just a, a seal issue on these ThorSport trucks because that's what happened with Endfinger, Johnny Sauter. It was so. A, it was in other a words, somebody got issue. fired. So, somebody probably did. Uh, but you got into a situation where well, the way the points ended up, this was—I think this ended up being extremely key. Matt Crafton second in stage one. Johnny Sauter was fourth. In stage one. But, but, so both of those cars are out. So now they're, they're tempting fate, hoping they get help. Stuart Friesen, well, his engine decided it didn't want to run all race. He was able to finish the race two laps down in 19th. Tyler Ankrum's engine was, was trying to do the same thing. It was trying not to finish the race. And he was, was able to finish 11th and, and kind of, get that truck to the finish line. Johnny Sauter. due to basically the, the first stage out of the playoffs, Matt Crafton able to advance. Tyler Ancrum, with that help, did enough. He's able to advance. And then Stuart Friesen was able to advance as well.
1: I can't remember what our picks were to have. I had Austin Hill out in the first round. and Did you have Hill and Ancrum? I had Hill and Ancrum out after round one. And I had Hill and I think. Crafting. think you had craft and then my championship four was chastain moffitt tyler ankrum and granted finger which isn't obviously going to happen and then you had the same except you had freezing instead of ankrum yes so and we both had ross chastain win the title right yeah sweet so as, as the trucks they
0: they now we're gonna wait a month we talked about this so last stupid. week
1: stupid. But
0: is Talladega their next? Talladega is their next race. In I love it mid-October. though because
1: someone's gonna punch their ticket to the championship for, and someone is, or someone's the, gonna win that. Like that's gonna be the race to Todd Gill and messes around and wins.
0: As as we head to that event, and and playoff wise, it's Brett Moffat has a a big, not not necessarily a big gap, but bigger than everyone else, as, as he has. A 23-point gap back to, to fifth. Austin Hill, he has six points in the bag. Ross Chastain, five. Stuart Friesen, three above that cut line. Matt Crafton, three below. And then Tyler Ankrum will start nine below the cut line. So other than Moffitt, it is extremely close for that cut line. We'll talk more about that when you know we decide to get to Talladega here in, in a little bit less than a month. Is that, that's before Kansas, right? It's the race before Kansas, yes. That's what I thought. So now we'll do some previewing. Finally got here. I mean, (laughs) Took long enough. Took long enough, but the IndyCar series, we're going to shift gears a little bit. They're going to crown a champion on Sunday. Four drivers have a a mathematical opportunity to win the championship. Three drivers, at least for me, are the the three that will fight it out for that championship. Joseph Newgarden holds a 41-point lead over Alexander Rossi, a 42-point lead over Simon Paginot, and then... An 85-point lead over Scott Dixon. This is a double points race. That is why Scott Dixon is still mathematically eligible to win the championship. It's 100 points to win the race. The, The interesting thing about double points is it's 60 points to finish fifth. So Joseph Newgarden, yes, he's got some breathing room it's not all that much he's still gonna basically have to win it finish inside the top six to guarantee himself a championship top five if if Rossi and Pagina were able to pick up some of those bonus points that IndyCar still awards the the biggest and key element of this race is all of these teams most of these drivers have never run open wheel racing the top level in America at this racetrack
1: um I just went back and looked at some of the champ because of think 04 was the last last time the champ cars are nobody yeah and um, indy
0: car themselves have never been to this racetrack indy lights the interesting thing is indy lights used to race here so some of these guys have at least raced in in indy lights at this track but that's still not the top level of motorsports these teams have nothing their their notebook is empty they're on page one for things to do at laguna seca
1: and we've seen that be kind of crazy. You know, you go back to last year at Portland, CODA this year. Um, we have no idea what the heck to expect. I personally am of the belief that the winner of the race is not the, one of the championship contenders. Yeah,
0: we'll, we'll, we'll get to that here in a minute. This race, it will be Sunday, one thirty on NBC. So they're going to get the, the good spot there on the, the network to, to try to – crown a champion they will crown a champion it'll either like said be new garden rossi Pagano, dixon he needs crazy Cra- things yeah. to happen
1: it's it's a three cat race it's
0: it's, it's speak of what dixon needs it's so probably it's not plausible it's new
1: garden Pagano, and um basically need all take rossi each other need out to one. Re- wreck early and then dixon would have to win yeah um that's pretty much the only way. Now the the rest of it could get kind of interesting, depending with the double points, as you mentioned, could make it really interesting. You know, I think if Simon Pagano wins, um, you know, or Alexander Rossi wins, I believe Joseph Newgarden has to finish top five. He can
0: finish sixth if no bonus points are awarded. If they win, if they win, which they automatically would get one, so it really, really needs to be a fifth place finish.
1: Yeah, which I mean, New I think garden. is plausible. He's 41 ahead of Rousey, 42 ahead of Pagano. So he's more comfortable than it looked like he was going to be a couple weeks ago. But well, I'm wait. sure, sure, still he would tell you he's not super. Cool. So there's a possibility. And
0: I'm a fan of, of the double I points, love it. especially because there's only 17 races in the, in the series. So with the two double points races, one being the 500, the other being the championship race, you, you get 19 points races. But it, it, it Yes, it's manufactured drama, but it adds so much more drama, and it's great.
1: So 41-point lead over Alexander Rossi, 42 over Simon Paginot. The max someone can gain for the week is 103. Assuming Alexander Rossi, this is where I make my money is with the, the points and the numbers. I'm going to go to this stuff. Assuming Alexander Rossi wins the race and leads the most laps and got the pull, the 103 points, 41-point margin, he would have to finish fourth or better to get the it. now if Simon Pagano were to win it, I let me double check, I believe it would be the same. Um he would have to finish that's if they win. It'd be fourth or better. Um well now if Simon Pagino wins he could finish fifth or better. And win it. But so he's sitting comfortably, but the last thing you want is for something bad to happen and, and play catch up all day.
0: It'll be a, a fun and interesting race and with the Cup series being Saturday night it'll be Kind of the, the only race to watch on Sunday, so that's a good thing for IndyCar. In terms of the left turn point standings, it's 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 more interesting.
1: Yeah, it's Trevor, holds more a, interesting than it should be. Trevor holds a 20-point lead over myself. And this is also double freaking points. And,
0: and, and we, we follow the same rules as IndyCar minus the bonus points. So the, the, the other interesting thing is without the, the double points, I would be leading by, I think, three
1: Yeah, because the Indy 500 screwed you.
0: It it, it did not go well, but this is double points. Trevor, who do you have winning this race? I'm going to and then we'll we'll add something to it. Not part of this competition, but you picked Alexander Rossi at the beginning of the year to win the championship. Where we sit now, who do you think wins on Sunday? The race and the championship.
1: I'm going to say Will Power wins the race because he's been running really well lately, and it just seems like a track that he's going to figure out. Um, So I'm going to go Will Power. And then I'm gonna say Pensky in some order runs one, two, three, which would clinch it for Joseph Newgarden. So, I, I think Rossi's Rossi's too reckless sometimes that I, he's gonna he's, go. He's with, gonna go. Forward. He's gonna come and guns blazing. I think he honestly will either win the championship or, or crash trying. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. Um, Sam so Pagano. If something happens to Newgarden, I think Pagano is the favorite. But something's got to happen to Newgarden for that to happen. For me, I've got new garden winning the race which i've got
0: new garden winning the championship and and part of that is i picked new garden at the beginning of the season to win the championship so i'm going to stick with that pick in terms of our point standings because i know no one cares about that but yeah they probably
1: don't care trevor
0: has to win the race to clinch the championship if will power finishes second joseph new garden wins we tie in points I have the tiebreaker.
1: Yeah. Now, if New Garden doesn't win and Will Power wins, then I have a little bit more buffer room. Well, but you,
0: you, you win. You're already leading the points. I mean. Yeah.
1: Well, but you can still gain points on me. Yeah. So, But I have a little bit more buffer room. But in terms of, of controlling your own, well,
0: it really isn't your own destiny because yeah. we're picking drivers. Yeah, Will Power
1: controls <laughs> my own destiny in this fictional <laughs> Will contest <has> to contest <laughs> that I have no money invested in whatsoever. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. He has to win. But awesome. again, that race. The Firestone Grand Prix of Monterey, 130 on NBC on Sunday. An IndyCar Series champion will be crowned. We're am going to head back to NASCAR. Talk about the weekend at Richmond. Be a Friday and a Saturday. Two night races. The Xfinity series again. They will begin their playoffs. That race, the Go Bowling 250, 630, NBC SN again, Friday night will be that event. And we'll we'll continue. We'll look at the left turn points standings. A couple weeks ago, I was well over 100 points behind, now only down 50. Trevor holds a 2,014-point lead to 1,964. I lead the winner's points 26-20. You get three points for a cup win, two points for an Xfinity win, and one point for a truck
1: win last week. Because somebody got Kyle Busch every freaking time. Like, legit, the only time so, I picked Kyle Bush all year was when we didn't have this rule at first, so we couldn't pick the same. It happened once. Yeah. So the only time I got points off Kyle Bush, you also got points off Kyle Bush. So last week, Trevor,
0: he took Grant Enfinger. I took and Brett Moffat. And then Trevor took Christopher Bell. I would have picked Christopher Bell, but Trevor got first. See, pick, and I debated, so taking, I t- Tyler I debated
1: taking Tyler Reddick, and then I knew that if I took Tyler Reddick, you'd take Christopher Bell, and I should have.
0: And then I had Joey Logano,
1: Trevor had Kyle Bush.
0: So Trevor was up a lot of points, but with the last five events being a 7th, a 37th, a 31st, a 2nd, and a 19th compared to my first 27th, 7th, 1st, and 9th, I have crawled back to within 50. Xfinity, why is this season, or this race, you get first pick. Who wins the Xfinity Series race at Richmond?
1: Chris Bell. Going right back to yep. the C-bell. He finished second. Richmond's like his best track. Um, it fits his style well. We go Christopher so, Bell. So every once in
0: a while we, we have a situation where one of us gets both picks for a weekend and that and then that person takes the pick of the other person both times. Yeah, Trevor did that to me this week and I would have taken Christopher Bell. Can't take him. I'm going to go Justin Allgaier. Almost won at Bristol. Would have won at Bristol without that flat tire. I think he, he finally gets on the win column this season. I've got... Allgaier to win the opening race of the playoffs for the Xfinity Series go to the Cup Series, the Federated Auto Parts 400 that'll be Saturday, 6.30 on
1: NBCSN. Trevor who do you got in this one? I so badly wanted to take Kyle Busch because I feel like he's just going to make everyone angry and come out and lead 293 laps and win in dominant fashion but also, as I just mentioned I, I don't know that his head's in the right spot right now and I can't afford for another bad week from him, so I'm taking Denny Hamlin Home track is really good there, has been really good lately. Get me Denny Hamlin. And I knew you were going to take him if I didn't. So
0: Yeah, I would have taken. It's the risk
1: I'm willing to take.
0: Denny Hamlin. But the, the driver I'm going to take this year for this race, got ahead of myself there. He, he, he swept last year at Richmond. I'm going Kyle Busch because Kyle Busch is now mad. I'm I'm going the opposite direction of 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 terms of where Kyle Busch's headspace is. He's now mad. A mad Kyle Busch
1: is going to drive harder than he already does.
0: He makes it it, means
1: he could run into the back of Garrett Smithley that, harder than he that,
0: that 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 does mean that. But I think Kyle Busch comes back, kind of silences everybody and, and and wins this race.
1: I could see it. I just I'm not in the position to gamble and risk it doesn't happen and he makes another bonehead mistake and finishes 30th and all of a sudden my 50 point lead is now 15 yeah i can't do that so i'll let you gamble and make that mistake hopefully
0: hopefully it works out but again this weekend richmond laguna seca those three races it's, Trevor's almost falling over in his chair. Yeah. Sometimes I wish there was a. Well, there, there are cameras in the, the room we're recording it, but sometimes I wish they were rolling to just. So people could see some of the, the stuff yeah. you do while we're recording.
1: This is why you don't drink before you. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just, just kidding. Um, are we about done or did we have more time? I mean, w- well, we, we can be done. We, we could be. Um, so I came across this article. So we're not done. Well, if you want to be done, we're done
0: continue on it doesn't sound like we're done
1: yet i came across this article and i i shared it with jacob earlier this week who rudely left me on red and just completely didn't even acknowledge the fact that i had shared this but i'm a big fan of the athletic motorsports um i think it's a, a great website it's totally worth the subscription fee weekly and they did a thing prior to Vegas with I the do playoffs. Seeing this, of by the, the way. you know superlatives, you see them in yearbooks and stuff all the time. Most likely to do this, least likely to do that, most likely to do this, first one to do this, and they answered him. I thought, why don't we do that with the eleven questions? If 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 you're okay, if you don't have something more important to do, like go home and not answer my texts. I mean, I could always do that. You you do do that. <laughs>
0: But when was this? Was this Saturday? No, it was Sunday. Afternoon. Yeah, it was like
1: right before the race. Yeah, I, I should have. I was like, in like I think you even started typing, and then you just didn't. I'm over I was, it.
0: I was tired. I was up until two thirty the night before, getting hey, second man, in man, a man. track championship.
1: So, anyways, I thought it'd be <laughs> just to kind of go over them. And well, we,
0: we've already got one answered.
1: Which one? Number two. Number two. It's – he's a Kyle Bush now. It is Kyle Bush now. Someone from there, and I can't – I put Ricky Stenhouse, which I think is great because you tell that you can make all sorts of people mad. So, number one, first-time champ, most likely first-time champion. I think it's it's Denny it's Hamlin Denny or, Hamlin. Chase. It's Denny Hamlin or, or Chase Elliott. We both picked Denny yep. Hamlin to win
0: the championship. So If Denny. it's not
1: Denny, it's probably – is it probably Chase Elliott?
0: Yes. I think – that, that would be second seed in that category. Yeah,
1: Kyle Larson would be third. That's pretty much where the conversation is. I,
0: for me, I'm honestly going to put Kyle actually ahead of yeah, Chase. Yeah, partially because I have Kyle in the
1: championship four and Chase not there. Um, first driver to get angry at Ryan Newman. Oh, I think it's Clint Boyer. I think yeah. it'd be anybody. I mean, um,
0: I mean, I mean, he's going to finish tenth every week. We know that. Yeah. So, I, I think you're right. I think it could be it's Clint. Probably. Eric Almarola, but Eric doesn't really get mad all that often.
1: Yeah, it's I think it's probably Clint. It could maybe be a guy like Kurt Kyle Larson. Yeah. Yeah, well definitely the whole Kurt Bush is in now. Um Eric Jones, maybe one of those guys. Number four, best storyline that comes heartbreakingly short. I'm gonna say William Byron almost making the championship for kind of a la Chase Elliott in two thousand seventeen, you know, and something happens, that would be mine. Um, I think it was Jeff Gluck had put Kyle Larson leading at Homestead with two laps to go when the caution comes out, which would be the most Kyle Larson way to lose a championship. Um, but I'd say William Byron falling just short of the championship for him.
0: I think like a storyline within the playoffs is Jimmy Johnson getting extremely close to playing spoiler and then something happening where See, he, he he has a winless season.
1: I will argue I think Jimmy is – Cool. They just they can't put a whole race together for some reason. They've had top five top ten cars at Darlington and Indy. Couldn't get together. If they get stuff figured out, I'd, I'd watch out for them. But, yeah, I think that's probably a good one to go with. Um, least likely to win the title, I think it's Eric Camarola. I know people are going to say Ryan Newman, but Ryan Newman did this one time and almost <laughs> won a title. <laughs> yeah. So I'm saying Eric, nothing about that team screams championship. Cause, cause here's tonight. what
0: happens with Ryan Newman. Ryan Newman, you're, you know he's going to finish between 8th and 13th. You know he's going to pick up points. You know he's not going to get stage points because he, run he runs 18th, and then all of a sudden you look at the race results going, oh, Newman finished 9th. Okay. What's going to happen is what happened at Vegas. You had bad races from from Bush. You had bad races, a bad race from Boyer and a bad race from Jones. You're going to go to Richmond. It's going to be three other drivers. You're going to go to the Roval. It's going to be two other drivers. And all of a sudden, Ryan Newman's going to sneak in in the 10th position and, and – Make the next round. Well, that same thing is going to happen the next round. And you could be in, in and that, that's how Newman could have the opportunity yeah. to advance. What he did in
1: 2014. So I, th- I agree with you. I think
0: it's Eric Almirola. He is not I shown enough to, to advance some, in these rounds.
1: Some people have said Ryan Blaney, but I think Ryan Blaney has been a more enhanced version of Ryan Newman where it doesn't have a good qualifying run or has something happen. And all of a sudden you look at the end of the race. He's and like sixth fifth. or seventh. Like, And he's. I think he might win a race for the ed- end of the year. Um, He's had car If a caution doesn't come out on Indy He probably wins the race Um, But it did and he didn't Next one I believe this is number six Most obvious prediction people will get wrong Kyle Busch I'm going Kyle Busch in the championship four Um, Number seven Most shocking early elimination I said before this week Martin Truex Jr. I still might go Martin Truex Jr. Yeah I mean that team's just been so up and down I think every single one of their wins has been bookended by a really bad run this year, if I remember correctly.
0: For me, before before this week, that would for me it would have been really hard to pinpoint someone and and being an early exit. But I think you would have for me it would have been one of the Penske drivers, Kozlowski or Blaney. Yeah, but I, I don't. was safe, but Kozlowski or, or Blaney after this week, I think you don't look necessarily to the first round, but that's I had Eric Jones easily moving on to at least the round well, of 12, and, I had, and now, you're, now you're in a tough situation. Well, and
1: that's, I know he won this week, but I had Martin Truex Jr. getting bounced in the round of 12. We've seen that with him, where in, the round of 12 has kind of bit him a couple times. I mean, two years ago, remember, was last year, the round of 12, if he didn't have so many playoff points, he would have been gone. Um, but he was lucky to be able to hold on to those playoff points. The next one, the crew chief that's most likely to have the biggest impact. I think we know where I'm going. I'm going Chad Knauss. I mean, it's the greatest crew chief of all time. They've been able to get some speed out of that car when maybe it hasn't been there.
0: I'm going to go Brad Kozlowski's Paul Wolf.
1: I think that's a good one, too. Because I think
0: you saw it already in, in week one at Vegas. Not the greatest car. Makes some, some good strategy decisions and ends I, up with a run that will should be good enough think, to move think Kozlowski you can go, on.
1: think you can go Paul Wolf. I think another good one would have been to go Greg Ives with Alex Bowman. Um, those are kind of the three big ones. Uh, number nine. Race most likely. This is a good one. Race most likely to generate Dale Junior's next catchphrase.
0: I mean, the the Roval is always a good option. I would
1: say Roval, Dagger, Martinsville are the three yeah. big ones. I think the Roval is probably.
0: I'm gonna I'm gonna go outside the box, and, and this is not biased because we live here. Right. I think Kansas could be one of them because the, since the repave and since the repave kind of.
1: Well, and we saw what a little it bit
0: was you have gotten really good races at Kansas. It's been the best mile-and-a-half track. And you have the opportunity for, for another uh, partial half-slide job. And, and
1: Well, we saw Kyle Larson try to do it at the end of the race last year and then decided it wasn't a good idea. Um, yeah, I, I, if I had a bet, I'd say the Roval, but really any of them I would, wouldn't be super surprised. Next to last one, most dominant team. It's really one of two teams. Um, I might lean Penske though, because I, I think Penske gets all three of their teams into the champion or the round of eight, not the championship board, but the round of eight, because Ryan Blaney has been just good enough. But I think you, you could go Gibbs. I mean,
0: I, I'm gonna go Gibbs because I think you'll you'll be in a situation where half the playoff races are gonna be won by Gibbs cars. You're,
1: you're probably right.
0: That doesn't necessarily mean that all of them make the championship four, or, or but a lot of these races will be won
1: by one of the four GIBS cars and the last one most likely to fight at martinsville i'm saying Kyle bush brad keselowski championship four spot on the line kyle bush has already been struggling brad keselowski sneaks into the round of eight puts the chrome horn to him
0: the the hard part is, is I don't know like, like what is are we are we talking like war of words fight or like actual
1: fist either either because <laughs> it could be Ryan Newman and anybody at that point Ryan is, Newman and the rest of the field
0: I, I think you, you get a, a young driver like a William Byron like a William Byron and then and one of the older drivers get in a situation
1: William like, Byron Kyle Busch Joey Logano we, yeah.
0: or, or someone or Kyle Larson just finally has had enough of not <laughs> winning and. <laughs> We we see a side of Kyle Larson we've never seen which before, which would be
1: totally fine with me. But yeah, so those were the the playoff superlatives. See, that was harmless. Gave us a little bit more content that we obviously didn't have enough of.
0: Are, are we going to end the show? now? Yeah, what's in the show? It's I'm in getting, the show, I'm getting hungry. That was Trevor. May- I'm hungry too. Yeah, but
1: we're we gonna grab lunch.
0: Sure, why not? Okay, that's Trevor, Mater. I'm Jacob Blair. Apparently, we're gonna go get some lunch. <laughs> this I has been a left turn. It's been a fun podcast. We're we're live every. Monday from three to four. Trevor's there sometimes. I'm there I all the time. I should
1: be there next Monday. What are we gonna do if there's a week that you're not there? I'm probably just well, not. Oh, well,
0: there won't there. We, there there is a week. I will be headed to Dallas. Is that next week? That's next week.
1: Oh, so I'm either is it next week. Yeah, it is. I'm either hosting a show by myself, or for, we can
0: like do it Monday morning I'd, and yeah, and post it later.
1: I'd rather do that. Yeah, let's do that. Okay,
0: well, bye, people. This has been the left turn. X106. Again, we're live every Monday, three to four. Well, not every Monday. We'll see. We're going to try. Every Monday, but next week, three to four. (laughs) On KZLX, LP, Maryville. Again, thanks for tuning in. Trevor Mater, Jacob Blair. We'll see you at some point. Listen, hear us at some point. Thanks for listening.